God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Well, we're in a uh, message series called uh, Basic Training, and uh, what we're doing, of course, is uh, just the basics. We're taking the time over these weeks to look at some of the foundational truths, just the, the basic uh, principles of faith uh, that help us build life so that life can withstand the storms, the challenges, and we can live uh, lives that are um, powerful, make a difference lives. So last week we looked at uh, just the basic understanding of, uh, of God, the nature of God. And so today we move forward and we'll look also at a basic understanding. And that one is, of course, to move from understanding God the Father to understanding the Son. So today we're going to take some time and uh, look at simply what do we know about Jesus? What do we, what do we Christians believe about uh, Jesus? Uh, we know that Jesus was born. We know he was born some 2,000 years ago uh, around uh, Jerusalem, down there in Bethlehem. We know that he, he grew up there in Nazareth, and uh, he uh, taught and uh, had some followers. We know that he was uh, crucified on a Roman cross. Uh, and all those kinds of things uh, most historians would even agree upon. There is little room for doubt about that truth and that reality. Yet one has to ask, if that's all he was, how in the world could such a person, just one person, change so many people's lives? How can he change so many people's lives? And how can he still keep doing it some 2,000 years later? He was so influential in our world that our calendar is built around his life. So it seems to me a good thing for us, right, to pause for a while and discover not just who he was as a person, but more importantly, what is it we believe about who Jesus really was, that he could be so powerful uh, in this world. When we go to the New Testament, uh, in the New Testament, there are two titles that occur again and again that uh, refer to Jesus. So let's start by looking at those. First of all, we understand from the New Testament that Jesus is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, He shows us God's heart. That term, Son of God, is used 74 times uh, in the New Testament. What it tells us is that Jesus is unlike anybody else that has ever walked the face of the earth. Because He is God's own Son. And we've got to be clear about that. We're saying he really is God's own son. We're not saying that somehow he just had a special relationship with God or that he somehow just represented God. No, we're saying that Jesus is God, enfleshed in our time, in our history. That's what the New Testament says. If you go to Philippians 2, uh, Paul, speaking to the church in Philippi, says... Christ was truly God. Pretty clear? Right there. Simple phrase. Christ was truly God. But he did not try to remain equal with God. Instead, he gave up everything and became a slave when he became like one of us. See, Paul captures the understanding of who Jesus is. What's interesting about that particular text, by the way, is that that may be the oldest part 
of the New Testament, that most scholars believe that that section in Philippians where Paul is writing, that Paul is quoting a, a hymn that was written by the earliest of the earliest of the church. And so we can get a sense that from the beginning, the church understood the significance of who Jesus really was. Christ was truly God. Jesus was truly God. So we can go in the New Testament and we can see that his earliest of the earliest of the earliest followers understood this basic truth. What's really interesting is not only did those who followed him understand this truth, but even his enemies understood who he was. We can go into Mark 3. And it says in Mark 3, And whenever any evil spirit saw Jesus, they would fall to the ground and shout, You are the Son of God. See, it's one thing for your followers to say, Well, this is who He was. He was the Son of God. But to have a declarative statement that says, His enemies, His fiercest enemy, that which tried to nail Him to a cross and leave Him there, the fiercest enemy on earth over and against knew exactly who Jesus was. And every time an evil spirit saw Jesus, that evil spirit never questioned, never doubted, never wondered, never rationalized. That evil spirit knew Jesus was exactly the Son of God. And we can turn to Jesus' own words where he identifies himself. If you go to the Gospel of John, it says, And everyone who has seen me has seen the one who sent me. I am the light has, that has come into the world. No one, has, no one who has faith in me will stay in the dark. Notice right away in the beginning, he's saying, Anyone who has seen me has seen the one who sent me. He's understanding his relationship is more than just being, you know, a messenger, that he is the, the personal representation of God. Or you need further evidence on it, you can go to the Gospel of John, and you can hear how John describes it, looking at Jesus as this Word that has become flesh. He says, The Word became a human being and lived here with us. We saw His true glory, the glory of the only, what? Son of the Father, you see that? And from Him all kindness and all the truth of God has come down to us. You see, John helps us understand why it's important for us to know who Jesus is. That Jesus is the Son of God. And because He is the Son of God, we can now know and understand all the kindness and all the truth of God. It has now come down to us. You want to understand what God is like? You want to know the heart of God? You want to understand the thoughts of God? You understand the complete nature of all you have to do is begin by understanding and knowing who Jesus is. Because Jesus is the Son of God. And when you know Him, you know God. And when you know Him, you know the kindness of God. And you know all the truth of God. And it's here simply for you. It is an awesome statement for us to simply know that Jesus is the Son of God. And there is no other. 
He is the Son of God, and there is no other. Okay, on to the second title. There's a second title that's used in the New Testament. Uh, It's used 81 times. The title is Son of Man. And as the Son of Man, that title shows us uh, real life, that that's what Jesus is about. What you're saying is that on the Son of God's side, we understand that Jesus is totally God. But on the Son of Man's side, we understand that Jesus was simply a human being. You say, well, what's the big deal? We're around human beings all day, right? We understand what human beings are like. We walk amidst them uh, all the day. Here it is. The big difference with Jesus is not only was he a human being, but he was exactly what human beings are supposed to be like. You see the difference? I mean, we'll walk around with human beings all the time, but they're like us. They're broken. Jesus was a human being, but he was exactly the kind of human being that God dreamed about when he took some mud and clay and fashioned Adam out of the ground. He is the absolute image of what God intended for all human beings to be like. Jesus was a human being, but he was the human being that God had dreamed when he started creating human beings. He was everything that we are supposed to be. See, we look in the mirror and we see a human being and we understand. We don't always measure up to that same reality. That we don't live in that same image or continue to be that same image of what God wants us to be. We are broken like other people. We we have immoral thoughts. We are broken people and so we get entangled in all kinds of sin and uh, we are broken people and so we get wrapped up in broken relationships and we're broken people and so we go after desires for money and power and all the other stuff that the world angles in front of us and we're broken people and we like to achieve at the expense of other people and we're broken people and we get caught up in all of our problems and we're broken people and so we get into hurt and pain and disappointment and doubt and wonder do I make my point? Jesus wasn't like that Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was everything you can't be. He was everything God wants you to be. That's why it says in Mark 10 that He came to rescue you from who you are right now. It says, The Son of Man did not come to be a slave master, but a slave who is give His life to rescue many people. Jesus is the perfect human being. He is the incredible human being that God wants all of us to be. And because He came to be that person, now He offers us the opportunity to get on that same path to be everything God wants us to be. Now He gives us that same opportunity to begin to grow in understanding in all the kindness and the truth of God to understand what we can become and how we can become like Him. If you go to uh, John 8, it says, Jesus went on to say, 
When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know who I am. You will also know that I don't do anything on my own. I say only what my Father taught me. The one who sent me is with me. I always do what pleases him, and he will never leave me. After Jesus said this, many people put their faith in him. What path is he on? Oh, he's on that awesome path that has God present in his life. He's on that awesome path that, that knows the kindness and the truth of God. He's on that awesome path where he lives every day just seeking to please God. He's on that awesome path where he knows that no matter what he faces, God is never going to leave him. And that's the kind of life he lived. That's why he is so incredibly significant as a human being. He lived the way God intended. He lived a life that was full of love and generosity and daring and joy. He uh, touched people who were supposedly untouchable. He challenged those who were powerful and he lifted up those who were powerless. He taught and he healed and he loved people even unto death. He was an awesome human being. And he was the real deal of what God dreams about you becoming. Now that's hard for us to get. You heard a text read this morning where some leaders had some, some difficulty trying to get this basic truth of who Jesus was and what he wants for life. The experience behind it is that Jesus was doing his ministry and he came along a fellow who had been blind from birth. And so being Jesus, he did what God in all kindness and truth would want him to do. And so he took some mud and, you know, he spit in some dirt and he took that mud and he pressed it on the guy's eyes and then he told him to go uh, wash it off. And of course the guy did that and he was absolutely, utterly healed. News spread, the Jewish leaders got to know about this. And then the debate began about who this Jesus really was. And that's the text we lift up. It says, the leaders called the man back and said, swear by God, tell us the truth now. We know that Jesus is a sinner. What's their assumption about Jesus? He is not everything God wants him to be because he broke the Sabbath law. Therefore, he must be a sinner. The man replied, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. All I know, this is good, all I know is that I used to be blind, but now I can see what's important to the man. You can do all your theological debates. He doesn't really care. All he knows is he was blind and now he sees. He understands exactly who Jesus is, not by virtue of uh, laws of the Torah, but he understands who Jesus is because of what Jesus has just done for him. Verse 26, what did he do to you? The Jewish leaders asked us. How did he heal your eyes? The man answered, I've already told you once. You refuse to listen. Why do you want me to tell you again? Do you also want to become his disciples? This is a smart man. Did you just feel that dig go in right there? Did you feel that? He just threw a dig back at the Jewish leader saying, Obviously, you must want to be one of his disciples. The leaders insulted the man and said, You're his follower. Why are followers? We are followers of Moses. We are sure that God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where Jesus comes from. 
Look at the guy's response. How strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God listens only to people who love and obey him. God doesn't listen to sinners. And this is the first time in history that anyone has ever given sight to someone born blind. Jesus could not do anything unless he came from God. Does this guy understand something about Jesus? See, he understands exactly who Jesus is because Jesus has worked in his life. See, here's what I'd raised before you today. Do you know who Jesus is? I mean, beyond the theological concepts that we talk about in church or, or beyond the, the theological concepts that may be false out there in the world, uh, beyond all the discussion about who Jesus is, the real question is, do you know today, right now, do you know who Jesus is in your life? Do you know the personal interaction of Him taking that, that dirt and that mud and spitting in it and putting it onto your eyes and letting you begin to finally see what your life can become in everything that God dreams it to be? See, the invitation is to not just understand some theological truths today, but the foundation of what you build life on is this man. He was blind and now he sees, and his life is going to move forward based on that truth, that he understands exactly who Jesus is. He is obviously God because he gave me life and a future. Are you blind today? Or do you see? And if you see, can you see who God wants you to be in Jesus Christ? That's why he came. It says in John 20, But these are written so that you'll put your faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. If you have faith in Him, you will have what? True life, you see. There's all kinds of people telling you what life ought to be. But the Son of God knows what life really is. And the Son of Man came and lived what life really ought to be. And He says to you today, Look, I can bring it to you. I can bring that kind of true life to you where does it start it starts in the nature of who Jesus is because not only is he the son of God not only is he the son of man but he is also savior he is savior and he shows us forgiveness listen to what Timothy and what Hebrews 2 say about Jesus just listen and take it in now Christ Jesus has come to show us the kindness of God. Christ our Savior defeated death and brought us the good news. It shines like a light and offers life that never ends. And Hebrews says, We are people of flesh and blood. That is why Jesus became one of us. He died to destroy the devil who had power over death, but he also died to rescue all of us who live each day in fear of dying. Jesus clearly did not come to help angels, but he did come to help Abraham's, Abraham's descendants. He had to be one of us so that he could serve God as our merciful and faithful high priest and sacrifice himself for the forgiveness of our sins. And 
Now that Jesus has suffered and was tempted, he can help anyone else who is tempted. Why did he come? To be the Son of God. Why did he come? To be the Son of Man. Why did he come? To be your Savior. To be your Savior. He can help your life today. He can take whatever it is that you bore this morning when you woke up, whatever guilt, whatever shame, whatever it is that weighs heavy in your life, whatever it is you work so hard at trying to drive out of your memory. He can take that experience and make it as far as east is from west. He can forgive your yesterday and bring you a new tomorrow because that's who He is. Son of God, Son of Man, and Savior. And once you receive that, once you you let Him take that mud and put it on your eyes and, and take the blindness off and give you the sight to see, then He promises that He will move into your life and He will give you every strength to live. Because that's his final nature. He is not only Son of Man and Son of Son of God and Son of Man and Savior, but He is King. He is King. And as King, He exists every single day to show His strength in your life. Hebrews twelve said, We must keep our eyes on Jesus, who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the shame of being nailed to a cross because he knew the, that later on he would be glad he did. Now he is seated at the right side of God's throne. So keep your mind on Jesus who put up with many insults for sinners. Then you won't get discouraged and give up. What are you supposed to keep? Your focus and your mind on Jesus. You see, that's what we can build an incredible life on. That's what we can live a significant life. That's how you and I can be what God wanted. That's how we can become. It's when we keep our focus on the King who's ready to work in every day of our life. There is a great uh, message that was uh, preached and uh, summarizes Jesus as, as the King. Why don't you watch the screens for a minute? And uh, just sit and kind of take it in and think about, as you listen to this pastor preach, think about Jesus in your life. And whether it's time for that mud to go on your eyes for you to really see. Well, you don't have to wait for it. Minutes and 58 seconds, hopefully, for it. But think about um, really Jesus. The, the Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece 
of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. That's my king. Amen. Amen. That's awesome, isn't it? That's our king. And that king is ready to wake up tomorrow and rule your life so that you can become everything that God dreamed you could be. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for sending Jesus. Thanks for thinking of us when he came into the world. Thanks for thinking of us in this very moment when you remind us how awesome he is. Father, help us. Help us to let him be the king of our lives. Help us to turn over to him every burden that we bear to be the savior of our days father help us to let him be our companion as the son of man and our lord as the son of god father we thank you so much for jesus it's in his name we pray amen i'm going to welcome you guys to stand up with me as we sing this song I'm going to share uh, this verse from Philippians 2.2. It says, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another, loving each other, and working together with one heart and one purpose. That's really why we're here today, and I'm going to invite you to let the words of this song just sink in and let God
let God change our hearts as we sing together. Change my heart. 